Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christlikeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. So we, uh, more I, play... uh, Game quite often, okay. Uh, with just anybody that I'm in conversation with, I like to call it the movie line. Oh game, yes, right? apparently I let you down quite a bit on this game. You, you do. So I just like <laughs> I don't randomly will throw, you know, what I would consider pretty pretty popular movie lines into this conversation and see if people pick up on the fact that it's a movie line. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Not not betraying a lot of my uh, movie, movie taste, movie taste. But uh, if you were to go through like famous movie lines, like there are some iconic ones where there was a list that they did. Like what are the twenty most favorite line or you know well known lines? Like mm-hmm. you know like the James Bond, I'm Bond, James Bond, right? Right? Like right. there's that like hasta la vista, baby. Right. Right. I'll be back. I'll right? be back. Then there's <laughs> like you know. Um, you know, nacho, get that corn out of my face. Best day ever when I got to use that line. <laughs> For real. For real. Uh, <laughs> we were at a Canada Day festival in Ottawa, the capital of Canada, and uh, there were people uh, doing the f- corn roast thing, and literally at the end of the night, the guy was like, hey, do you want this cow of corn? And I could say to him, get that corn out of my you, face. You did say just it. Like, just like nacho libre. And he anyway, gave you the strangest look. Yes, he did. Um, so there's all these things where we, we see these movie lines and right now everybody's like, what in the world are we going to be talking about today? Um, <laughs> there's fair. all these movie lines that define the movie and, and it brings back the whole movie experience, right? Mm, like, mm-hmm. um, I love Westerns. Um, you do. so the movie Tombstone, which is kind of, uh, you know, the chronicling of Wyatt Earp's, uh, life and the, right. and the okay corral, but the, the, the one version of it has, you know, I'm your Huckleberry, uh, you know, and you can say those lines and you, you know, if you've watched or seen the movie enough, you're immediately right. put back into those things. Um, there's a bunch of lines that uh, Jesus has said in mm. his life where mm-hmm. it really defined who he was, what he was doing, what he was about. Right. And oftentimes, sadly, we'll see in the, some of the passages we look at here yeah. that the disciples just don't get it. They don't pick it up. Right. They're not, they're not picking up what they're laying down. Right. Right. Like, right. You know, it's just not what happening. Jesus is laying down. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions that he was always trying to clarify with people was why did he come to earth? And right. through that, he was really clear. So one of these spots where he was super clear, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Do you have that one? I do. Verse 28, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right. So he came to serve. Yep. Not be served. Right. Give his life as a ransom for many. Yep. Seems pretty straight. Well, it seems simple for us on the side of the cross, (laughs) but I mean, had anyone ever talked like this to these disciples before? To anybody? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, I wonder if they were often just like, oh my goodness, like he just keeps talking about things we don't know. What are you talking yeah, about? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was a pretty regular deal. So let's look at let's look at a few of these things. Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. 
So three years in following Jesus and the disciples had still not yet figured out that Jesus came to die. (laughs) Not, not set up a kingdom, not rule here. He's still telling them over and over and over like, Hey, this is, this is why I've come. Um, they, they catch that the, that, that he's going to die. Right. But they don't catch that he says he's coming back. Yeah, yeah, they right? don't get that. Because they're completely distressed. They're like, well, what in the world? Now, yeah, granted, they didn't have a great paradigm of the idea that somebody would die and come back to life. I no, mean, that's fair for them. Uh, <laughs> Lazarus was one. Yeah. Um, but they, that's not the normal thing. But here, here you start to realize that oftentimes when you're in the midst of things, it doesn't matter how often things are repeated or whatever, the people you're talking to catch what they want, mm-hmm. catch what is okay or easy for them. The, they, don't, they don't hear the difficult stuff. Right. Um, and here's a case where the disciples, again, you know, mm-hmm. this is the first one we're looking at, but it's a regular thing. They just aren't catching. Yeah. I don't know that repeated, they can fathom it. No, right? they just the, can't, the they can't understand the... it. And that's what's always funny to me is I'll be in with the movie line intro. Yeah. I'll yeah. be in a situation I'll say a clear movie line, but because people aren't thinking mm. that way, they just don't hear it. No. They don't catch it. Yeah. They don't understand where it came from. They just look at me like I'm a weirdo because I said well, something that you fits. You are a little bit weird. But yeah. fits, <laughs> but that isn't really there. Yeah. And Yeah. And they can tell it's not totally yeah, normal. Right? And that's kind of what I envision the disciples going through. They yeah. hear Jesus saying, you're going to die. And they're like, okay, well, we're all going to die. Right. At some point. Yeah. I'm coming back. Okay, well, nobody comes back. What, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Right. He's speaking in like, metaphors what is again. Going on He's... Here, right? <laughs> and so they're they're stressed out. They're filled with grief. They miss that um, that Jesus or what does it say? Dis, uh, uh, wasn't grief. They were filled with distress. Distress. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, and they miss that Jesus' death is going to save them. Right. Yes. They miss they that don't he's actually understand. that kingdom that they want here in the now is actually coming in the future mm-hmm. and that Jesus is going to do that. And here, so there's one example of Jesus is predicting his death, but the disciples just aren't picking up what he's talking about. So right. then if we jump ahead just a couple chapters, <laughs> Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside and on the way he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. It does sound like, do you think he's just saying it so cavalier? Like he's just so (laughs) casual about it that they're just like, wait, what did you just say? Yeah. I think maybe because there's no questions. Right. At least not that we're given. The last little bit, verse 19. I know. And he will be raised on the third day. Yeah. Right? Just so, and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and then he'll rise on the third day. Just just, like. There's just no questions. Yeah. But he's making it even clearer. Like, this would be the moment where it's like you're talking to somebody, you're on a road trip, and you're like, oh, by the way. Uh, when we get to where we're going, I'm going to smash this car into a tree, and, right. and like it, we're going to see paramedics, and this car is going to get totaled. And, but don't worry, we're going to be fine. But that's how I plan on parking this thing. <laughs> that's, that's and you'd be like, Hold, "What? <laughs> yeah, know? like wh- we're the doing words, what? You're saying words, but I don't know what they mean. <laughs> yeah, well done, Princess Bride. Well, it's not, that that's word. not quite close the movie enough, love, but inconceivable. Um, Jesus makes <laughs> it even. A nerd. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Jesus makes it even clearer. 
how this is going to go when they get into Jerusalem. Like he's just, he's laying it all out. Like I'm going to be flogged. Like, I'm gonna be, yeah. I'm gonna be like it's brutal. It's, it's horrifying things he's just saying And here. the disciples are like, okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. like, should we keep walking? Yeah. Like, or do we you want to turn, you want to turn around and go home? Like, mm-hmm. is this, are you changing your like, mind? What is the deal here? And it's almost like, it's almost like one of those bad comedies. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, but it, that's just two examples from Matthew. If we flip over to Luke. Oh, yes. Chapter 9, oh. uh, verses 43 through 45. Again, Jesus has been walking with crowds and doing miracles and all kinds of stuff. And then you get this, this little passage. 43? 43 to 45, yeah. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them, so that they may not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. Okay, so here it says they didn't get it. No, they don't get it. But they were afraid to ask him questions. They don't get it, but... They weren't meant to get it. They weren't meant to get it. Yeah. But like, how more clearly can you say it? Well, yes. Right? Like and then I wonder what they actually thought. We don't have an account of when he was actually going through this. When he yeah. was delivered into the hands of men, he was beaten, he was flogged, yeah. he was mocked. What were they doing? Yeah, exactly. So Jesus hears, he just pre to this, he's doing miracles. Everybody's amazed at his, his ability, his power, his authority. And he tells the disciples he's going to die. And they're shocked and confused. And then verse 45 shows us, they're afraid to ask what he said. They're like, okay, we heard your words. We yeah. just don't get it. And this is this yeah. is kind of the point here is I think so often as believers, we come to Jesus' death and mm-hmm. we're just we're kind of flippant about it. It's like, yeah, Jesus died for me. Yeah. And I mean the guys walking with him, watching him every day, mm-hmm. couldn't comprehend what he was saying was gonna happen, right? Um, they were afraid to ask for clarifying questions. This most of the time they didn't understand or comprehend the super blunt thing that he was saying to them. Yeah. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah. People are coming to take me. I'm going to be beaten, flogged, crucified. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, that's crazy talk, man. Yeah. And it's and different. it and it puts us into it should help us to understand just how shocking the death of Christ actually should be to us. No, absolutely. Um, and and I don't know if we'll ever really fully comprehend or grasp that, um, but I think that's why the disciples just, they have these weird passages where it's like hmm. these guys who can plainly see that something's going on have no concept of what's going on because they just can't fathom. Yeah, and they refuse to ask. That he's going to come back from the dead, that he would actually die for them to begin with, mm. that there's not going to be in a kingdom and a an insurrection against the Romans right, right now. It's yeah. going to be some other thing. They just can't understand it. Mm-hmm. If we jump out into 1 John, so after the Gospels are over, John is writing letters. Now we're into 1 John chapter 2, verse, verses 1 and 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the, propiti- oh, the propitiation for our sins and not... For ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 
Yeah, now propitiation is that wonderful word that basically means the atoning sacrifice that that alleviates the wrath of God. So hmm. Jesus takes the sin onto himself that we have committed and he gives us his righteousness and perfection so that we can have forgiveness from God and be reconciled to him. So that 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 type of sacrifice is called a propitiation, which means it completely satisfies the wrath of God for uh, the salvation of the one that should have received the wrath, right? So that's what we are. We are the ones that should receive the wrath. Jesus takes it, so he becomes our propitiation. And here, finally, John is understanding Hmm. what's going on. And notice how he says, oh, little children. Yeah. Hold on, little Little children. children. I want you to understand what I have come to understand. Yeah. But we all know that John didn't get it in any of those passages that we listed off no, there, right? No. So he, he's come John to this understanding because he's traveled through the, the, mm, the crucifixion, mm-hmm. uh, the Passion Week, the crucifixion, the resurrection, all of the appearances, the yes. ascension, and then, you know, as First John has written, later on in, in uh, the New Testament time. So he's, he's seen that journey of the, of the church and the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he yeah. understands why Jesus came to earth it's for the sacrifice of the sins of humanity. Yeah. There's a there was an enemy that needed to be defeated, but it wasn't the Romans. Right. It was death. Right. It was yes. sin and death. Jesus came to die to do that. And then we come first full circle. We're back into Matthew chapter twenty, verses twenty five through twenty eight. But Jesus called that to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And what am I reading to? To 28. Okay. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for a ransom for many. Right. So oftentimes in faith, we talk about um, the death of Christ and how that should cause us to live a certain way. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself says, look, His whole life was a life of service because he was living a sinless, perfect life. Mm -hmm. But he was also serving along the way, right? Like he was actually, you know, doing doing the work of caring for people along the way while living a life that was perfect, which was going to be the propitiation that we just heard about in 1 John to free us all from the oppressive reality of sin and death, Mm. right? And so then Jesus is here saying to the disciples... Don't miss the way I've lived my life. Right. My death will set you free, but the way I live my life is the way I want you to live. Mm-hmm. I want you to live in a way where we serve one another, like we actually take care of one another. And this is why, you know, and I don't know where, for those of you that are listening, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you live. I don't mm. know what your church life is like. I don't know what your everyday faith working out is like, but we're called to serve each other. Mm-hmm. And to give our lives to serve the church, to serve other believers, to serve the people that are around us. Yeah. Which means you can't do this life in a vacuum by yourself. Right. You actually have to seek out community to be in it mm-hmm. so that we can serve in the way that Jesus served the, the disciples and the community that he was in, uh, trusting and relying on the fact that his perfect sinless life is our propitiation for salvation. Like we get to spend eternity with the God and Savior mm. who loves us so much that he came into this world to give of his life 
first in acts of service the whole time he was alive, but then by going to the cross to defeat sin and death in that great, uh, you know, exchange of him taking the wrath of God upon himself for the punishment right. of sin and giving us the, the, the reality of the perfect life that he'd lived. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just encourage you, if, you've, if you're not sure how to grow your faith, get involved in a community of believers and start serving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, start, sharing, start sharing the stuff you've learned. Start giving of your time, energy, and, uh, time, treasure, and talent as we talk about it in our church. Uh, we've got lots that we can share. It's having that heart attitude of longing to build uh, God's kingdom for the glory of Christ. Yeah, together in your community. Right. Thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day, and I hope you can join us next time. Awesome, like we stop, baby. Oh, my. Okay. Till next time.